Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your busy life to join me today on my podcast. I want to talk about a subject that is vital for us to learn about and understand. It's called the life-transforming power of the resurrection. We live in a culture today of skepticism and scientism. So many people worship at the altar of scientism, which promotes the philosophy of naturalism. That is, that there is nothing beyond this world. There is no spiritual, supernatural reality. That nature is all there is. That matter is all there is. And any kind of claim, religious claim, about a supernatural spiritual realm is really uh, bogus because what is real is what's before our eyes, whatever we can see, feel, and touch. That is the only hope in reality. This kind of philosophy has come out of a movement called postmodernism. Before postmodernism, there was the modernist movement that proclaimed the power of reason, that everything is understood by our intellect and our reason. And for a while, that satisfied many intellectuals. But there came along a part of humanity that were just tired of the claims of reason. And so there's this era called postmodernism which doesn't believe in any absolute truth or authority. It's whatever I think, see, and feel, and believe that's true. You can have a claim of truth, but I can also have a claim to reality. Your truth is your truth, and and my truth is my truth. It's an age of uncertainty and skepticism, where my way is just as good as your way. And so we have this rejection of absolute truth, this embracing of scientism that will tell us everything we really need to know about reality. Our hope is in scientism. And in that place of scientism, that skepticism says, you know, I'm happy with who I am. I don't have to have all of this religious truth. It's a rejection of absolutes. But then along comes something called COVID-19 and a pandemic. And suddenly, that skeptical spirit is confronted with the sudden jolt and reality of death. And how do I face death? How do I look at life? How do I look at the disease of death staring me in the face in the in the person of if you will COVID-19? That's why this podcast is so vital. Jesus 2000 years ago uttered words in the face of death to give us hope. He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." He who believes in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. And so, staring face, staring in the face of death, 
Jesus comes along and says, I'm the remedy to this problem. I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so the skeptic is faced with a claim. And what is that claim going to say to him? What's he going to do with that claim that says, look, I am the resurrection and the life. I want us to look this morning at the powerful life-changing doctrine of the resurrection. I want to begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the Apostle Paul, who was once a critic of Christianity, but was transformed by a vision from Jesus appearing to him on the Damascus Road, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. Verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only For this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Well, the Apostle Paul does not mince any words here. He gets right to the point. He makes it very clear that if Jesus did not rise again on the third day from that tomb, if the resurrection did not happen, then no one has any hope. You can't get any clearer than that. The idea that the early disciples, the early church, kind of borrowed uh, their accounts of a resurrection from pagan religions, I want to refute that. I want to say that that is not accurate at all. And I want to propose that we look at the truth claims of Christ from an objective standpoint using four E's. What am I talking about? The four E's. Execution, early accounts, empty tomb, and eyewitnesses. I want to say to the postmodern skeptical world that these four E's will guide you to a certain hope and an anchor and a foundation. When you look at life and you look at death, These four E's are saying something very powerful and positive to you. Execution, early accounts, empty tomb, and eyewitnesses. Let's look at the first E. Virtually all scholars, even those that are hostile to the truth claims of Christianity, and I'm speaking of the Jesus Seminar, will agree that Jesus died from crucifixion on the cross. The gospel accounts record that The piercing of the side of Christ by the Roman guard, which medical doctors testify that when the Bible says that blood and water poured out from the piercing of Christ's side, that it was the result of a ruptured heart. Jesus was clearly dead. When Rome wanted to testify of their great power and make an example of those that dared to question their authority, They would put them to death on a cross called crucifixion. But before that, the victim, the guilty party, would undergo this fierce scourging 
with a whip of a cat of nine tails on their back. And they were so beaten beyond recognition. And their back was so bloodied that most times the victim would die before he was nailed to the wooden cross of the Roman Empire. And so it's very clear this happened to Jesus. He carried his crossbeam most of the way to, to Calvary before he was helped. And then he was nailed to a cross. And then he was pierced. And then he said, Father, into my, your hands I commit my spirit. And he died. And the piercing of his side where the blood and the water came out, E for execution, demonstrates that Jesus was clearly dead. The point being is that there are those that would say, well, he didn't really die, he swooned on the cross. No, execution, the first E, says he was dead. Now also we have for our second E, early accounts. The Bible reports the resurrection early on, not later on, not hundreds of years later. There's a familiar early Christian creed that's found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4, which declares this, For I delivered to you as of first importance that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures that he appeared to Cephas then the twelve now again the claim is well the disciples they borrow from pagan accounts and they wrote down this so-called resurrection you know 50 60 100 years after the event well but nothing could be further from the truth Scholars maintain that the Apostle Paul wrote this creed in 1 Corinthians 15 between A.D. 54 or 55, and perhaps even earlier, that which is really about only 20 to 23 years after the crucifixion. Paul said that he received this creed from the early Christians. That being the case, 20 years is not enough time for legends to creep in and distort the truth of what the disciples at that time actually experienced. Therefore, it's a bogus claim to make that the disciples, well, they borrowed this resurrection story from other pagan religions. The letter to the Corinthians with this creed, which was written by the Apostle Paul, validates the truth claims of the resurrection. It was written very shortly after the events in Jerusalem, concerning the resurrection event. Had this not been the case, the critics could have easily refuted what Paul was writing because most of them were still alive when this was written. So E for execution means that Christ was clearly dead. E for early accounts means that the resurrection story, the creed was published, was written very shortly after the events. And the third E, is the empty tomb very very significant to the claims of christ the story that was being circulated at that time was that the disciples had stolen the body well that's completely false because it is quite evident and this is important it's quite evident that quote liars don't make good martyrs 
all but 12 of the apostles died a martyr's death. And if they had invented the story of the resurrection, I really don't think that they would have been willingly dying for a lie. They're about to be crucified or thrown in a Roman Colosseum to face the lines. Liars don't make good martyrs. But even if the story of the disciples stealing the body points to the fact that the tomb was found empty, why was it empty? The critics say that they stole the body. Well, they're even showing and demonstrating that the tomb is empty. Why? Very simple. Jesus rose from the dead as he predicted he would. That's why the third E, empty tomb, is so vital. The tomb is empty. Death could not hold Jesus in the grave. And the last E is eyewitnesses. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6 declares, quote, that Jesus appeared to more than 500 brethren at once. Well, that completely refutes the accusation that the disciples manufactured this story, that they had a hallucination or they imagined that Jesus rose from the dead. Do 500 people have the same hallucination at the same time? You can have the case of hallucination with maybe one or two people, but not 500. Jesus appeared to more than 500 brethren at once after the resurrection. So I believe that the case for the resurrection is based on very solid evidence on these four E's, execution, early accounts, empty tomb, and eyewitnesses, I believe makes a powerful, persuasive argument for the truth claims of Christianity. So as the skeptics ponder the philosophy of naturalism, the philosophy that says when you're dead, you're dead. It's like unplugging a computer that's it when you die. Jesus, though, says something quite different than that philosophy. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And as I've tried to point out in this podcast, there is good evidence to believe the truth claims of Christ. In fact, the Apostle Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. It's up to you what you choose to believe, but I'm going to build my life on the solid rock of Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Where are you going to stand at the end of the day. I want to thank you so much for spending time with me on my podcast today. 
God bless you. Have an incredible week, and I will see you once again on the cross in the desert. <laughs>